0: I'm Mark Amander and this is Knowledge Wonderland. Welcome to the Knowledge Wonderland podcast. I'm Mark Amander. This week we continue our conversation with Andrew Sullivan, the author, writer, provocateur, intellectual, entrepreneur. Uh, You'll hear me ask him what he's up to now, which is important because he is one of the more influential public intellectuals of our day. He has not left the arena, Uh, but, but we're gonna join our talk in progress. We're talking about how much liberals are to blame, are they to blame in some ways, for the Trump predicament, and I start by ponderously quoting a cherished conservative political scientist. This is one of Edmund, this was, this was one of Burke's fundamental insights in the sense that at least, I mean, during his time, the organization of the family and the organization of the country at their various levels were the smallest organizations possible that preserved a common identity enough to get things done. Um, And that's why he endorsed them. Um, And more so than any any romantic attachment to those forms of organization we're now in a in a world where we're being told to universalize everything where the country isn't supposed to matter, where you're not allowed to be patriotic or think that your country is better than another country at a fundamental level. It's very easy to see how attractive the let's just get rid of all of our attachment solution is because yeah. it comes back to this inner sense this i don't know this inner sense that we have that that the family that the country are and, and of course they are um, uh, so again we're in this America,
1: America in their eyes, and this and again, we can yell about racism all we want, but this is simply a, a sociological fact is a, a white Protestant country, I mean, that is roughly how you know that's, that's how Donald Trump sees America, how a, a strong plurality of people in this country view America that's that's when you look at the 50s or even the 60s. Yeah, it's your mind's eye view
0: of it. – it's, it's the mind's eye view of America.
1: And suddenly the mind's eye has to, has to deal with this biracial figure uh, engineering a new coalition in which he doesn't have to win a majority of white voters at all to win. That's, that's new. Um, and uh, And the obvious rational response to that is to say to the new electorate, let us engage all of it with – a different set of policies, uh, but that is much less actually appealing or or in some ways appropriate to this moment for most people than a reassertion of simple ethnic identity and of cultural identity uh, within a certain rubric. And uh, that inevitably the assertion of an ethnic identity for a country, in contrast to its minority ethnicities or minority religions, is inherently a fascistic move. If it's not fully and properly catered with the reason, you know, the job of the conservative, I would argue, would be to make sure this kind of situation never comes to pass. That that, that, that it is to co-opt constantly and to moderate these impulses. Um, and in some ways, watching Cameron try and straddle all of this—the UKIPers, the, the, the factions in his own party—he's uh, trying to be a conservative in not in 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 this very difficult project of of both. Co-opting some of these emotions and giving them their, their their place, allowing them to vent themselves while never quite giving in to their entire logic. Now, so this is why we have a bloody referendum. You know, this is why, right. uh, which which could be one of the most important historical right. events of this year, if not for the next few years, because it would mean that Putin has basically won in Europe, that he's that he's, he's successfully uh, maneuvered uh, one major country out of the. UK. Uh, by virtue, in some ways, of the European Union's own uh, internal paralysis.
0: Um,
1: but again, Islam is also a, que- is a huge question there, as it is here. Even though there, it's actually a real question, whereas here it's a fantasy.
0: It's a, it's a, it's uh, a, yeah, it's the fantasy. It's the fantasy enemy. Um, yeah, and
1: it's it, 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 in Europe, you can perfectly well understand the question of dealing with what seems to be, in many cases, an unassimilated and unassimilable Muslim minority in a, in a post-religious, post-Christian post everything blah. Um, whereas in America the, the actual story is the incredible success of Muslim immigration and the extraordinary success and diversity of the Muslim community in this country. Um, and that so is, I think you so in some ways I think that what Trump is doing is all the more pernicious because it's it's a bit like the bathroom ban on transgender. It's like point to me point to me the problem for which this is the solution. Right. Uh, and of course there has been terrorism in this country, um, motivated by ISIS, or whatever. Good lord. I mean, in comparison to what, I mean, it's, it's trivial by any, any conceivable stretch of the imagination. trivial. Um, you're more likely to die slipping over in the bathtub than you are being killed by an ISIS member. And yet, you're more likely
0: to be killed by your toddler wielding a weapon at you
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: than you are to be.
1: And yet, how many stories on Fox News are about the dangers of kids with guns? Zero. The number of stories. And what I found particularly disturbing about Trump after San Bernardino was to say, these people were their friends, their colleagues, their co-workers. You can't even trust those people.
0: Right.
1: That <laughs> behind every smiling, friendly, happy Muslim neighbor, there is actually a, a terrorist about to happen, and then we haven't figured out what's really going on. But this, this is, I mean, it, it's so disgusting. It's beyond belief. It is, it is, if you were to say this about Jews, you would have absolutely no question what country you're in and what time. Yes. And yet, and yet, this is being said right now in the most. It's just. I mean, to be honest, with you, I mean, I, I'm just so disgusted. At some point, you just you, you you can't you can't really voice what you believe, which is this is this is a, this is an outrage. Um,
2: can, can And he, I
1: think there's a part. Go ahead. There's a certain. There's an element to which his supporters will say, uh, "Oh, he doesn't really mean all that. He's not going to."
0: and is Donald Trump going to be the next president? My answer is, I really don't think so, but I think everyone should act as if it's it's a really likely possibility. And I believe both those to be true. I I do think it's unlikely. And I think demography and even some laws of political gravity that even he has yet been able to uh, not uh, subvert or invert, make that likely. At the same time, um, he has fundamentally changed the debate and even the terms of the debate so much, and the way he campaigns is so much more congenial to the way the, the media works today that I can't make a definitive statement. I can't reassure other people that Donald Trump is not going to be the next president of the United States. So do you think he can win?
1: Yes, I do. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a bit of a depressive and hysteric about these things by nature. Um, and a lot of political scientists would tell me that I'm completely insane. Uh, demography is important. Uh, it is also important to have an alternative candidate to vote for. I mean it seems the, the critical problem in the primaries is that none of the other candidates really shone or certainly couldn 't shine in the in the context in which Trump had completely transformed those debates and the entire campaign into a sort of reality television insult comic uh, <laughs> spectacle um, and I don't. I I know a few tortured homosexuals who love Hillary Clinton, um, and that's about it. I I think, I I just think she she's not. She's one of the weakest candidates that the Democrats have put forward in years and years and years. Um, I think she's run a terrible campaign. I don't think anybody could say on the street Hillary Clinton's going to be president. What do you think she's going to do? I don't think anybody would know the answer to that. I don't think she knows the answer to that. Um, and. And he, on the other hand, is a a blazing simplicity
0: about you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to build a wall. He's going to renegotiate trade agreements. He's going to renegotiate the deal with Iran. He's going to build. He's going to ban Muslims until we figure out what's going on. You know exactly what he's going to do.
1: Yeah. And her, no idea. And also, he is. This is clearly what's out there is a populist moment on both sides. It's not like it's just one party. So she is the least populist candidate imaginable. Uh, so, and the change versus more of the same question, she, she's just so loses. And then his particular critique of her and the way he's going to go after her is as a corrupt person, crooked Hillary. And she is so up to her neck in conflicts of interest, in, 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 in campaign money, in, in, in the system. She's been in the system. He'll get up there in the debate and say, um, she's corrupt. I know. I bought her. Yeah. And what does she say? What does she say? Well, I went to your wedding, but I didn't really mean it. Or, I mean, and the 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 truth is that she's just she's she's just she's such a mediocrity that I don't think uh I don't think anybody should be assured that, that demographics can work. Demographics only work if they have someone to support whose message they get and whose campaign can inspire. Um, and right now, um. I was going to call it Weekend of Bernie's, but she's – that would be the wrong – Yeah, <laughs> that would be the wrong – uh, but the, when you're really still being beaten by a 74-year-old socialist who was be a member of your own party until recently, in, in May, um, you are you you dead in the water.
0: Did Barack Obama save the country from Donald Trump?
1: I think it's going to have to be him – he's going to have to win a third term. Uh, and And – I mean, he's I going think,
0: to be on the campaign trail more than any president –
1: Oh, yeah. Has ever been on the campaign trail. I don't think people realize that.
0: He's going to have to basically tell Joe Biden, Joe, run the country for a few months while I go back on the campaign trail.
1: He's going to say, Joe Biden, go to West Virginia. Joe Biden, go to Pennsylvania. And Joe Biden, go to
0: Pennsylvania. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah. It's all hands on deck. And Bill is going to have to do something, too, Bill Clinton, um, because she is incapable. And then the question of her running mates becomes kind of important um, in terms of what she has to do. Now, the question is, See, my fear is the demographics are here, but how many, how many what percentage actually turn out in a general election of the whole population? like what, Slightly over 50%. Slightly over
0: 50% on the, right. the good year, yeah.
1: Now, what happens if, if Donald Trump is sent out, not a dog whistle, like a big, piercing whistle to anybody who, to all these white people have never voted before? I think he's the kind of person that will bring in, and has already brought in tons of new people, um, like, like, like in 2004 in Ohio where you think the demography is one thing and suddenly there's more white people in the mix than you thought there were. Right. Um, and uh, I have, and, and without Obama at the top of the ticket, I'm not sure whether you're going to get the African American turnout you need. Um, I think the Latino population, the question is where is the Latino population concentrated? How will it have an impact? I, it looks to me as if she might be okay in Florida, um, but I'm not sure about Ohio. I'm not sure about Pennsylvania. Um, uh, and uh, so so I, my own view is that this election will be about Trump and that Clinton should get out of the way, in a way, and make this a referendum on Trump. Can you risk this? And it has to be Project Fear.
0: Project um, Fear, yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, that's, what, that's the joke about the campaign to prevent Britain leaving the EU is called Project Fear. You have to goldwater this person in a way that, more, more bluntly than LBJ ever did. Um, right. And they are going to be tempted, because they're dumb, into... Playing into thinking they can defeat him because he's a racist, sexist, misogynist—all the rest of it. No, he's strong because of those things. <laughs> what you have to do is persuade people who are otherwise for him on those grounds that he's just too risky and unpredictable and unstable to really be president of the United States, and that's a hard sell in this particular moment. I mean, I, I, I frankly think that all the all the terrain is lined up in his favor, which is why I was so terrified about him getting the nomination because I thought the Republicans have a much better chance of stopping him than general election with her. now. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe this is, maybe, but we don't know. And I think that's the only answer I can give. I don't know. If I were to guess, I would say it's he's more likely to win than she is. But, but you know, I, I wouldn't, that, that's just out of my ass. You know, it's not, it's just a gut feeling. Um, unless, you know, unless, I mean, one thought sort I've of had this, you know, and it's just clinging to hopes, straws, really, that at some point, do you really want somebody to be president who was, pretending to be John Miller and calling up people to spin how many girlfriends he has. I mean, that's, that's how completely contemptible this human being Yeah. Um, and, but again, it doesn't seem to matter anymore.
0: Um, right. Well, that, that's, that's the, that's man. the biggest problem with trying to create a negative campaign around Trump because, you know, it's not going to matter. The best thing to do, as you say, is, is let Trump get in the way of himself. Yeah. Which he seems very and, capable of doing.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, just the last two weeks, it's quite clear that none of the things that he's actually said is, is set in stone. I mean, the Muslim ban is suddenly just a suggestion, suggestion. Which, was, which is not what he said. Uh, so he's either – and, you know, the, he's going here, there, and everywhere about what his tax proposals actually are. Um, we do not He obviously doesn't have a clue what they are. Um, uh, Manafort said that he doesn't want to talk about policy in this campaign. He wants to deal with that once he gets into office, which is really saying – we're electing a Caesar. We're not actually debating future policy questions in a reason. I
0: public. I think his tax returns will show, will could serve to undermine significantly a lot of the appeal that he has. And I don't think he's going to release them before the election. No. I, I don't, I, think, I don't think that anything, I think all, frankly, he has to say is, um, uh, first he'll say, Hillary, I'll release them after you release her speeches. And she will release her speeches. She'll release them after... She gets the nomination and they're going to show Hillary saying nice things to Goldman Sachs, nothing disqualifying, but in the context of a primary, not the thing that you want out there. And it's going to make sense as to why she didn't do it. And it's going to hurt her for a week. And then Donald Trump is not going to release his tax returns. <laughs> and right. suddenly he continues. He won't release his tax returns. And we'll look. We Palin,
1: Palin, Palin refused to release her medical records. Right. Um, having demanded that her first primary, her first opponent in politics. Mayor, the former mayor of Priscilla, produces marriage license to prove he would still married to his wife.
0: Now, we have a, we have a media that points... I mean, let, this is a, a... We have a media that will point this out, but but lacks the authority to do anything about it. Whereas in the past, yeah. media had an enormous amount of authority. We've not just become so decentralized, delegitimized, distrusted collectively by by people. We... I mean, we almost cease to exist as a function anymore. Yeah, um, there
1: is no fourth estate that... Did it, did it, for example, and, you, and Palin was the the example. She, ne- she she ran for vice president of the United States, uh, almost completely unknown before September, and never held a press conference. So in which she would take any questions from anybody, uh, and she got away with it completely. He he needs to be asked by every person. Interviewing him, what are you hiding in your tax return? Right. When he says I can't get reason for an audit, you say that's ridiculous. Of course you can. There's, there's no reason. I mean, the, uh, that, 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 is, that is complete nonsense. The press has to so do what, do with what Fox ask?
0: News did in that one debate. Right. Um, where, they, where they had Trump captive, and they simply showed him what he had said in the past and what he says now, and, and didn't play—I mean, in no way was Fox a neutral arbiter in that particular debate. They ganged up on him, because that was where Fox was at that moment in the evolution of, of Fox's own sort of tortured, anxiety-of-influence relationship with Trump. But the media, which is still obsessed with trying to find, because somehow we think that we go back to this, this notion of, of fairness and, and, and being equal to every, even giving an equal time, will regain trust again, which I think is bullshit. I don't think that's going to happen. The media no. has to not do that. The media needs more edge and needs to go where Donald Trump is in order. We need a
1: Jeremy Paxman. We need someone who's prepared to sit down with him and, and just go at it. Right, and 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 not let go, and make him walk out. Right, uh, and they all have to do that as a point of pride, and they're also busy finessing their access and and also honing their own stardom. Uh, that they're not prepared to take risks of their own careers, um, or or call things for what they are. Worse, they have of course been an active, you know, co-conspirator in this whole thing by providing two billion dollars worth of free advertising for this guy, and and not treating him as he should be treated. As a neo fascist running on a truly terrifying platform with no knowledge of the Constitution no understanding of foreign policy no grip on domestic policy whatsoever just a sort of you know a barroom drunk uh, mouthing off you know with his mates I mean that's what he is uh, he's the kind of person if you met him in a bar you'd stop talking to him because he's obviously an idiot um, and yet they they feel obliged to treat him seriously um, uh, it's I, I don't know. It's beyond depressing to me. Um,
0: and uh, <laughs> we should stop on that on that de- on that horribly depressing. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe
1: we should try something more cheery at the end of it. Maybe have a, Is there anything an ex- more? Che- an exit question. An exit well, question. let me.
0: Can I ask you? Can I ask you about your? Can I ask you about? Are you prepared to give a little preview of your next book? What you're working on?
1: Well, it's so it's so um, still. Uh, in its embryonic Well, how about things. then? Just
0: what has Andrew Sullivan been doing and what will Andrew Sullivan been doing over, be doing? What, what has Andrew Sullivan been doing and what will Andrew Sullivan be doing over the next, the next year? Which I well, think is I, a, a question in the public interest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I am, I'm going to produce two other long-form essays for New York Magazine. Okay. And I'm going to live vlog both conventions for my students. Um. And I'm working on a book about, uh, about the possibility of faith uh, in the twenty-first century, um, and grappling with the question of, of what it is to be a Christian or a person of faith in this era—what um, we can believe, what we can't, how we know—and um, it's partly a memoir of my own spiritual evolution, a religious evolution. Um, but it's in the course of that, it's a sort of an attempt to figure out some of the questions that no one has ever figured out. So I, I have no, i am not going to provide a solution, but I hope to provide some kind of guide as to how in fact human humankind is a religious species that the question is simply what religion and what form and on what basis do we believe in it and, and I think my answer to that question is Christianity um, but reimagined in a way that can make sense to people today and, and that I have been able to find meaning in um, as an educated and uh, battered and Citizen of the, of the new millennium. That's, that's really what it's trying to do. It's called, the working title is Keeping Faith.
0: Thank you to Andrew Sullivan for his time and thank you for listening. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast and review us and give us stars. That alone will help us do more of these and get more great guests and really provide some great intellectual cocktail party chatter sustenance for you. I mean, the lines that you can steal from Andrew Sullivan and use as your own at parties you go to that alone is worth your going to iTunes and giving it a review, iTunes. Tenshi Hikari cut this broadcast in two and produced it, but thank you so much, Tenshi. Tintin V, you can find Tintin on his Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tintin V provides the music for Knowledge Wonderland. I'm Mark Amador. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.